just a reminder to subscribe and give grandma some love. She was very nervous coming on, but I think she did pretty good. Thanks, guys. Well, hi, everybody, and truly welcome to this episode of Father Knows Something. We are having a really special episode because we are really starting where a lot of things began. We are in a home that is not, I don't think it's three, it might be four, it might be five generations in Morgan's family. And tonight we have the most wonderful uh, special guest, the matriarch of the family right now, would be Grandma Margaret. And Morgan has really spoken about her. And I thought it was important that we get a couple different takes. Everyone's always heard, you know, my flavor on things and my outlook and the way that, you know, I came to be who I am is different than the way that Grandma Margaret became who she is and how Morgan had a combination of all this uh, different input to make Morgan who she is. So I wanted to share some of the stories that we get and get Grandma Margaret's take. And it might be different than my take, but it gives you guys a lot of different uh, information to pull from as you're making decisions and choices for yourselves. So I really thought it was important to invite Grandma Margaret to our (gasps) show. Oh my God, look at this huge bug. Whoa. Okay, I'm gonna go get something do something about this. This is really gross. Did you see that? That came out of nowhere. I think it's a cricket. I no, it's some sort of beetle. Oh, it's got long antennas. <laughs> All right, there is no more bug as we get settled back in. Yes. So it is gonna be a little bit shorter of an episode. We're gonna kind of rapid fire with my grandma here, but I don't know how we convince you to do this. It wasn't easy. No, no, no. We almost had World War Three meltdown here um, with you running off and pouting in the other room. I just went back to work. No, <laughs> you were pouting. It's fine. Just, you know, I think that I'm really glad we're doing it. I truly believe that our, our our people out there count on us and we're here for them. Yes. So, Grandma, tell everyone a little bit about yourself. You were born on New Year's Day. Right, 1944, and I was uh, the fourth child, and I had an older sister, two older brothers, and then I had a younger brother, and um, we lived in the city of Duluth when we were very young, and um, my mother, who was a hands-on person, had a hard time keeping track of all five of us when we were, one was going down the street, one was going up the street. (laughs) And she said to my dad, she said, we've got to get all of our children in an area where there's wide open spaces where they can run and we don't have to worry about where they're at. So my dad originally grew up on a farm in a small community called Hermantown. And uh, it was just a township. It wasn't a city at that time. And uh, he grew up on a farm, and he wanted to get back to his roots of farming and having gardens and animals to uh, help with grocery expenses and whatnot. So um, they were on the mission to find a home, and uh, they found one. It was an older home and needed a lot of updating, but there were 40 acres of land, and uh, it was perfect. It was on a side road. There wasn't much traffic. We could ride our bikes in the summer. 
go sliding in the winter down down the hill, and uh, it was freedom for all of us. And um, my mom was what much more content that there wasn't any mischief that we could really get into down the street that she was so worried about. And uh, it was, we lived there for, oh, many, 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 many years. And then um, my grandmother died and my dad wanted to get back to the home that he grew up in. And that was about five miles away from the home we were at. And this was a farm. And uh, so it was another process of making this house doable for a family of seven. And so it was remodeling, redoing all the uh, septic system to accommodate our family. And uh, that was a long process, but uh, it all came together. And uh, my dad had uh, beef cattle and we had big gardens and uh, just had a, a quiet farm-like environment. And that that was my roots. That I, was the I beginning. I have a question for you. What? So we were talking earlier and I was explaining to you really what, you know, how, what we do in this show. And I, you said, you asked me a question, Jerry, could you talk to your parents when, when you had a problem? And I said, absolutely, I could. And I said, could you? And you gave me a little different answer. What was your answer? Well, my father was um, raised by a very strict father. His father was raised by a very strict father, which would have been my great-grandfather. And then my grandfather uh, raised my dad with a lot of discipline, a lot of strictness. And uh, I don't think any of us, myself and our four siblings, felt we could ever go to my dad and share our problems, share our feelings. Um, I don't think he knew how to relate to that. So I think what's going to happen is what's going to be interesting is that we're going to, Morgan's going to do some readings and we're going to give, we're going to first ask you what your thoughts are about this person and what your feelings are maybe to, to advise them. And then I might give my take and they might not be the diff, they might not be the same, but doesn't mean one is right or one is wrong. They're just different takes. Right? More advice, the better too. I think, I think you both will be coming from different places and it'll be really interesting. But this is kind of going to be a motherly advice episode, you know, putting you to the test. <laughs> so let's just see how it, we're going to see how it rolls, but this is going to be a little bit, this is going to be fun. It's going to be good. Let's, be fun. let's, let's get di- into let's it. Let's dig into it. Okay, so the first story. This person is 24 years old. They're female. I, 24 female, and my mom, 57 female, have a bittersweet relationship. 
On one hand, she is my best friend and we talk every day. On the other hand, she can be incredibly degrading and insulting. She has made several comments about my weight. The worst one being that I am bursting at the seams despite my healthy lifestyle of working out and eating right. She has made several comments on my house and how I should clean it and my choice in furniture. If she doesn't like it, she will say it looks horrible or cheap or that I should be ashamed to have anyone in my house. She has said that I would be alone forever and I only care about money for wanting a prenuptial agreement despite being in a long-term relationship. She is constantly concerned how me and my boyfriend split bills as we live together. She is constantly concerned about my boyfriend's dog who has some behavioral and health issues. She thinks my boyfriend should get rid of the dog. My mom has been in a yelling match with me over recommending a job to her. And then when she got the job, saying I made her feel stupid. Overall, it seems like I can't make any decision without her insulting me or not agreeing with me. I want to have a relationship with my mom, but I don't want to be constantly insulted based on my decisions. I have tried talking to her, but it only ends up with her saying I am just the worst mom in the world and her not apologizing for what she said to me. I have thought about counseling, but she doesn't believe in mental health as a whole. Any advice on the situation would be greatly appreciated. Grandma Margaret, did you get all that? Yes, and I think it's really kind of sad. And I think the mother um, has a lot of negativity in her life and is a very, very uh, cruel. Mm -hmm. And uh, everything that she says, there's never anything positive. So what should she do about this? How does I she... think she should, I think the daughter needs to totally distance herself from her mother when it comes to her lifestyle. I think her mother should respect her likes, her dislikes. And uh, my thinking is if you, if you can't have something nice to say, do not say it. Yeah. Because it just causes hurt. It causes anger. Um. And it just takes all the joy away from you when you feel so much negativity being fired at you all the time. Do you have a conver- do you have an idea of a conversation she should actually how she should approach her mom? I think she should just be open and say, Mom, we're each individuals. And I think you need to respect my way of living, my uh, style, and just back off. How do you deal with the weight comments? Because I know that's something, even for our family, we're, we're all, I think, very self-conscious and quick to point out, oh, you look different. Like I, I think about, you know, me and my mom sometimes. And how do you deal with someone, you know, saying, oh, well, you're bursting at the seams. Like, and how do you get them to stop talking about your weight? That is so hurtful. And those are uh, comments that stay with you the mm-hmm. rest of your life. I I can speak for myself, my sister. Uh, my mother was on the heavier side, and we were very, very sensitive to the comments people would make to her. And, um, you know, it, that's always just been there. What kind of comments the would people make? You, 
well, gee, Ellen, you know, you've gotten pretty heavy. And gee, Ellen, you know, uh, you should do something about that weight. And my father was on her all the time about it, which was very hurtful. And uh, we make weight such a big issue, but it's so ingrained in us that um, we we need to do a, a mind change on that because negative comments are cruel and yeah. you don't forget them. No, and like you said, they stick with you and they can they can haunt you and make the way you think about yourself not positive. It's it's easy to let those comments get to you. Um, do you. I mean, you know, the size the size of a person doesn't determine the person. Not at all. And I think that's the focus in our society today. Mm-hmm. Very much so. You were going to ask. You were going to say something or ask a question. Well, I was going to read the ideal outcome. Okay. To maintain a relationship with my mom, but also set realistic boundaries. And I think what you said is perfect. Like, hey, mom, we are different people. You need to respect my individuality or whatever you said. And I think that is just kind of the bottom line. It's going to be a hard conversation, but one that I think needs to be had. And I think you said too, she just needs to kind of distance herself. You know, this happens not only with mothers and daughters, it sometimes happens with fathers and daughters, fathers and sons. So if you went to your dad and you had this issue, how would your dad have dealt with this? What would you have done? We never would have even thought of going to my father. That that was out of the question. But what is what does somebody do if they have a relationship with their father like you did have with your dad? What do they do? You have to vent your feelings. You you have to find um, another person and remove yourself from uh, a relationship with your father when you know there's no understanding. So you'd have to channel that to somebody else. So don't take the abuse. Go. I mean, I, I, I fully agree with Grandma Margaret, and I do think that there is the word that you use was boundaries, and we, we talk about boundaries many times, and I definitely think it's a conversation that you, again, as I've always said, you have to have it and, and deal with it with, with, with non-emotion of, of going nuts or going ballistic, but with elegance, which we've used that word before. So keep the rules of the engagement and... See how it goes for you. And if you have to walk away from her, let her know why you're doing it. So maybe she'll get it. Maybe she'll think about it. And something else will change going forward. Yeah. Well, additional info here. The last little bit of info we have. The insults and degrading seem to happen when big life changes happen. Me buying a house, moving out, my boyfriend moving in with me, the talk of getting engaged soon. And depending on where this mom is at in her life, this could just be coming from a deep place of jealousy. Mm-hmm. And letting go. Mm-hmm. Control. 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 And, the, you know, when a, when a parent sometimes, they feel, they feel, they don't have that control. So they deal with it in anger. Mm-hmm. Well, I think, yeah. I think, Grandma Margaret, you nailed it. For sure. You did great. So let's uh, go to number two. Let's we can. go. Okay, so for this next one. Hi, guys. I'm a big fan of the show, and I think it might be the perfect space to seek advice since I feel that in this matter, I can't count on my parents. For context, I was a chubby child. I really can't identify if someone bullied me, 
But I do remember the comments from my mom about my weight, my looks, and my body. During my teenage years, I managed to lose lots of weight and maintain it during most of my adulthood. At the beginning, I managed my weight with unhealthy habits. I just never accepted my body. At the beginning, I sought validation in males and relationships, but with the time, I managed to feel pretty without external validation now. A year and a half ago, I gave birth to a beautiful baby boy that is now a chubby toddler. He's cute, funny, and bright, loves music and learning new things. The thing is, my mom started commenting about his body and how he's chubby, and that because he's chubby, he can't walk very well. Even though the pediatrician told us he is very well developed and reaches all of his milestones. About the weight, the pediatrician told us he is a little bit overweight, but he didn't seem worried. Don't get me wrong. I plan on seeking pediatric help to address if weight is really a problem with my kid. What I am really worried about are the comments from my mom. I know she's not his mom, but those same comments hurt me when I was a child. I don't know how to set a boundary with my mom since she really helps us with the baby a lot. I I think, you know, people don't put brain in gear before opening mouth. <laughs> and if this mother, grandmother, could have her comments played back to her and realize how impactful and how hurtful they are, she might see herself for how her daughter is feeling. Would your advice be to, hey, mom, you look a little chubby, actually. Or I, what, what would your, like, kind of dish it back? or No, because that's that sets up more resentment. That's, that's going out of the rule book, but recording her is fantastic. I thought that was brilliant. Run a recording. Yeah. I mean, let Everyone her, has an iPhone. Let yeah. her see herself, hear herself as she's being so cruel. Yeah, that's a great idea. And if she doesn't digest it at that point in time, you have to really lay out the, the rules that this really hurts you. It didn't help you. And you're not going to allow her or enable that behavior. And you really have to, I understand she's a big help. And I understand really what it means to have family as a village. But that doesn't make it right to be cruel. Oh, no, I'm getting there. <laughs> I'm definitely He's getting He's just a little more long-winded than you. So the bottom, yeah, he likes to hear himself. So the bottom line is, is so it, it is very important, even though that they are helping you and it takes a village sometimes to raise these kids, you cannot uh, uh, enable the behavior and trade off the uh, the negativity that they'll bring in and, and the mental uh, interpretations that these people will bring in because they're going to help you. You still have to distance them if they're, if they're not going to be a part of the, the, the positive rearing of our children. Well, have you ever, uh, maybe not weight, I know it's it's interesting that the past two have really had weight get brought up by their moms, which is just like, oh, and it must be something that's just kind of ingrained. Like you experienced it with watching your mom get told she has gained weight and blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, it kind of carries on like a little generational curse. But have you had a time in your life where, you know, a family member may have been helping you? but wasn't saying the nicest things. Like, do you have a... Well, I don't know if my issue was so much weight when I was growing up, but it was my height. Because by the time I was in sixth grade, I was already like 5'7". And it was like, 
Good Lord, girl. You're going to look like a giraffe pretty soon. I mean, these are family members. Yeah. And, so, yeah. Uh, I thought, and I really got a complex over that. I never knew that. I never knew that. Yes. It was, you know, family members. And I think that was even more hurtful. Yeah, because it's those that are supposed to be like. And I mean, eventually, people. you know, other classmates and whatnot mm -hmm. caught up. But I just had a growth spurt and you can't control that. But it was always, my God, but you're tall. I think, I think, when are you going to stop growing or what are you eating up on that farm? And what did you say to them? I just shied away. It's amazing how people can be negative on such a positive thing. They always have to find sometimes a negative thing to Oh, go, they do. And it's adults who should know better. And it just it's all about their own insecurity. And so I think we all have to recognize and 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 and, and really drive into our kids when people are picking on you, it's out of their own insecurity. And don't take don't don't buy into it. Because mm -hmm. look, I was nailed every day growing up. I was small, I was tiny. Um, I wasn't, I was dyslexic. So in school, I was, I was considered the dumb kid in the class and I was beaten up every day. I went through a lot of torment for, out of meanness and it's really their own insecurity, the bullies that are out there. And we have to really encourage our kids to really be mentally strong and not deal with these people that are well, out there. Well, that's what I wonder, you know, uh, if the parents of these bullies could see the behavior of the children. Do they learn that behavior in their own home? Sometimes they and do. And they inflict the pain on other people because of examples that have been set? I mean, if I were to see one of my children bullying somebody or making hurtful comments, they'd be reprimanded. I, don't, I mean, parents must see this bullying. I, 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 you know something? I really don't know well enough what went on in these homes of these kids that used to bully me. Um, it, you know, I, I don't know what went on. So I can't make a comment what the parents were like right. and where these kids learned it. I just know, in fact, there was a lot of meanness that went on where, on my street where I grew up. And it was, it, it made me very sad. I would come home and cry. So how did you overcome that, Jerry? Um, I overcame it just um, when I was, my brother was a big help when I was, we, we had a middle school and a high school and my brother, you know, when he left the, our elementary school and he was no longer there to protect me because he, every Friday, Scotty would go to find them and beat them up. <laughs> it was quite interesting. And so when he got into high school and I got into seventh grade, he dragged me to swim team every morning. So in seventh grade, I was already swimming with the high school swimmers at 6 a.m. So you so, excelled. So by the time I hit ninth grade, I already had two years of swimming under my belt, and then I was a four-year varsity. And I was so insecure that I wore that jacket on the hottest days of the year to you know, look at me. And it took a lot to get me that way. And I mean, I also remember I, in seventh grade, I took martial arts. And I had one kid come up to me, and he started to bully me, and I took him down. I broke his leg. I mean, I what? really- Oh, yeah. There was a guy that I, he came at me and I, I went through a series of moves and I put him down. They got the message. I, he was a big, well, you know, wow. when, you, when you're pushed in a corner, you're going to come out. And that was the only fight that I really went in that I really took somebody out. And it was, 
it was great as far as I was concerned. I mean, it happened. Right. Wow. Well. Ed, Ed Parker. Yeah. Ooh. Ed Parker Karate. Kimpo, you won't forget him Kim, and he won't forget you. No, no. Ed Parker was where I learned. Ed Parker ah, Kempo Karate. Nice. Yeah. I'll never forget it. Yeah. Well, I guess with this one, it's kind of the same thing. Like, have the conversation. I think playing, rolling the tape back and playing the tape, I think is the greatest idea. Well, sometimes we just don't hear or see ourselves as how we're coming across. Mm -hmm. And sometimes... Brilliant. It's I say got to be heard. Brilliant. Well, and like all babies are chubby. Like extra weight on a baby is good. I, I, this is... Like they're growing. I can't believe that yeah, conversation. It's, it's a year and a half. So but weird. I know, but I know what happens. Yes. Okay. Let's move along. Okay. Okay. This next one. Hi, Jerry and Grandma. I need some advice. I am what I kindly refer to as an aging teen mom. I had my kids young, 17 and 22 at the time of their births. Being a mom has been the greatest job, the greatest joy, and the greatest experience of my life. I'm not saying it was easy. It wasn't. It was very hard. We struggled a lot, but I consciously chose my kids, their well-being, their emotional needs, their growth as humans at all times. They've grown into incredible adults, ages 24 and 20 now. The problem I'm having is figuring out who I am now that I'm not responsible for children. My youngest is about to move out of the house and I am heartbroken. I logically understand that this is a natural and normal part of growing up and I don't want to stop either of them from doing that. I just want to be able to emotionally regulate myself and find myself and find balance. I feel like parents always talk about their kids leaving home as a highlight or a joyous occasion, but I am broken. How can I best handle this? I just got a question, mm -hmm. and then I'm going to let Grandma take over. Yeah. My question really is, did she say that she's a single parent? Did I miss that? Um, No outwardly mention of I was a single mom. Um. Ideal outcome is that I won't be so sad and I can find joy in my own self and find some of my own interests with and without my husband. I really have no idea who I am outside of being a mom and a wife. My husband and I have been together since we were 17. Both our children are daughters. They both live nearby and we are all very close. We all have a fantastically close relationship with each other, parents to kids and sister to sister. In fact, my girls just went on a vacation together for a week. My husband and I saved and saved and gifted them a trip to Puerto Rico as a gift for college graduation and birthday. So they're empty nesters now. They're going well, through the empty nester phase. I think, too, when one door closes, you have to open up other doors to find that you, you have your own self-worth beyond your children and uh, develop uh, other interests, uh, get in with socially uh, with women that are similar to your age and uh, find that there's needs outside your home where you can help people and feel just as important about yourself by reaching out. 
Yeah, that's one thing. You are very, very involved with your church. I mean, I feel like every time I call you, you're making food for some church event or helping with, you know, a funeral. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's so important for us to be social. And you can't isolate yourself to just such a, a small um, you can't focus on just your home and your your children. Not that they aren't really important, but you got to reach out. You've got to uh, just be there for other people. Yeah, yeah. And you did a lot of. I mean, I remember coming over to your house. And you'd have all your your girlfriends sitting around a table gossiping, coffee, coffee. Cake. Well, you know, it's it's uh, th- therapeutic to be with other people. Mm-hmm. The sense of connection because you can get very stale. I, I will. Yeah. I will say something interesting. Uh, I'm not going to say that we all don't work and we all don't have busy lives, but guys, Grandma Margaret has a schedule. I have no idea how she pulls it <laughs> off. This woman would come, you know, literally work the garden at this farm, work the work her house, which is 15 miles away. She would go take care of her friend that that was a woman that help her raise her kids money for uh, hours at a time. She was everywhere. So even though when her kids left the house and she certainly never just, you know, turned her back on her kids, they were always a part of her life. I mean, she still made lunches for her son that would come over to pick up lunch to go to work. I mean, still does my little brother's laundry I mean, today. She- I mean, but she certainly has built. <laughs> I feel needed. <laughs> but she certainly has built, uh, and and is recording with us tonight. I know she finds time to for herself to to find who she is and knows who she is as a person, and it doesn't have to vicariously live her life through us. But she certainly shares her life with us, and I think that's an important statement. Well, it's therapeutic. We all mm-hmm. we all need to feel needed mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm one area or another. Mm-hmm. And um, there's such a, a need. So go and help where you can. What's one thing you do for yourself? Oh, grandma might have I some love homework to, too. Okay, for myself. <laughs> I love to go out in my yard and work in my flower gardens. I, I just lose myself in the gardens. That's the one thing I enjoy. There's something I love, love making for like floral arrangements. That's like what I do. I love that. And the gardening is, gardening is so good for you. There's so many studies on gardening, actually. It's so good well, for you. Well, you just can lose yourself. Yeah. In it's outdoors. Yeah. It's listening. finding those activities that like make you like flow. It's a state of flow. You're, you're working on your project and kind of in the zen like, no, there, there's no pressure. Yeah. There's no time frame. It's enjoy the moment. Yeah. So I think for our, our listener that's writing in, I think like trying to get back to those passion projects and like, what are you going to do for yourself? And how are you going to increase your community and your sense of connection? Because that is so important. Yeah, and there's- the feeling needed is interesting because I think as a mom, that is a very common feeling. Your kids need you. You're helping. And I think to kind of replicate that could be mm-hmm. good. It could be a continuation. Uh, and, and I have a little mm-hmm. comment to make here. Trust me, they're not going to walk away from you. They're going to still come to you, even if you're not going to them every day and saying, how do you need me? 
Trust me. They'll they're, be there. They're going to be there knocking <laughs> on your door. Mom, I, I, I need you for something. It happens. You don't have to worry about it. They're going to be knocking. It's just the way it works. One is 24. The one is 20. So maybe a little young to think about kids, or maybe they're already thinking about kids. Maybe they don't want kids at all. Who knows what that looks like? But I mean, you babysit your great grandkids. And it's wonderful. Yeah. Well, also, I told you about that it's study. Good. Did yeah. I tell you about the study? Mental. Yeah. Um, the grandparents babysitting their kids helps prevent uh, Alzheimer's, dementia. I w- and I'm going to offer this. Now you and your husband have your own relationship really to focus on mm-hmm. and rebuilding and connecting with each other where you've been so focused in the past you know, 15 years, 20 years, really just about the kids. Everything re- really wasn't about you and him. It was you and him worrying about the children. So now is your wonderful time to reconnect and find your own passions together and go out and do things and pick up some uh, some some activities that you guys will enjoy to do as a couple. So I would recommend and suggest some of that. So it's not just doing things for yourself to develop yourself, which I think is important, but also to find a way to connect and be able to have conversations with one another. And you already may be doing that. But if you're not, I would certainly work on building that to talk openly how to reconnect to make sure you guys are connected on every level. How do you and Joe keep the magic? Um, be careful. Be careful because I'm listening. Okay. <laughs> communicate, communicate, communicate. Oh, my God. You sound like Justin. Really? That's his favorite word on all the podcasts we have. Communicate. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you know, each of us have to give because I have my things that I like. He has the things that he likes. So we compromise and have it balanced. Mm-hmm. Margaret, is this in pillow talk? <laughs> We're not going to go there. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, that was a lot of fun, guys. I enjoyed that one. You just love razzing people. Okay. Let's move along. I think, I think she's got a a good plan that you guys set for. Okay. Okay, last but not least. Hi, would love some advice on this on or off the pod. My mom and dad divorced when I was in kindergarten. Since then, my mom has always been in back-to-back relationships. At least that's what it feels like. Her second husband and her got married when she found out she was pregnant. I was in second grade at the time. They ended up getting divorced after a few years of marriage. Side note, I was not a fan of him and even brought this to my mom's attention in middle school. Now on to the advice I need. She met a guy online in 2010. Six months later, they were engaged. They're still engaged to this day, 13 years later. All of my siblings, including me, are not a fan of him. My significant other of five years isn't a fan of him either. He makes douchebag remarks every time you're around him, and my mom just laughs along with him. It's gotten to the point where I feel like I'm forcing my boyfriend and myself to go to family functions. The only kid left in the house is my youngest sister, who's in high school. My significant other said if we ever have kids, he wasn't sure he'd let them stay with my mom and her boyfriend because of the way he acts and the things he says. I know my significant other tries for my mom, but every family gathering makes it harder to be around her boyfriend for everyone. Is there anything I can do or say, or do I just let it be since I'm out of the house 
And she's the one who has to deal with him now. From uh, It sounds like the mother is uh, very insecure and she feels her security in this relationship, good, bad, or otherwise. And uh, to me, she sounds like she's tolerating this behavior as long as she has somebody in her life. Yeah. And not realizing the consequences it's inflicting on the rest of the family. I'm going to let it rip. Here it comes. So, you know, it's really not our business to know what her attraction is to this guy. You know, look, she had no problem dumping guys before and moving on. And apparently this guy's in her life. He rocks her world for whatever the reason. And she likes this flavor of cheesecake. And we don't. We find it to be stale cheesecake. So, But Jerry, it is so hurtful. I, I, I got it. As a daughter, as a son, as whatever, sister, brother, when you see the abuse inflicted on her and she still takes it and puts that above her family's... So we, what do you do we, with wait, wait, someone wait, like wait, that? Wait, 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 wait. We don't know that she's abusing the mother. She just said that, that he's a douchebag. This is, again, this is still the, I, I really believe this is the mother's choice. The kids can certainly say, we don't want to be around them. And that's, and that's their what, choice. Yeah. And that's where, because they're the adults. If they want to, if she wants to hang out with this douchebag, mom, you want to be around this guy? That's your choice. This is your choice. We are choosing but, not to be around him. Yeah, so don't, don't, in, don't involve us with him. Don't incorporate. That is correct. They yeah. have, yeah. that's the choice that they have. But you know what's so hard, Jerry, is because- you want to have a family unit. You want to be together. Mm -hmm. But it creates so much animosity. You have to separate yourself. Yeah. And, we, and we've and we all experienced some of this. Yeah, for we sure. Know it, we know it well. What do you do when, you know, you're... That, that's a doggy barking. <laughs> Justin's back. Justin's back in the house. But what do you do when you have someone in your life that might not be dating someone that you like? I mean, do you not say anything or do you say, hey, one time just, you know, I'm not really the biggest fan of so-and-so. Like, do you feel it's appropriate to ever say that to someone? And if so, do you say it once and then, hey, I said my piece. I'm just not going to be around them anymore. I've dated women that my daughter has not liked. And she made it very clear to me, I think she's weird. I think she's this. I think she's a bitch. I've, I've heard it all. My, I, I do have a way of reading people. I, and, I'm not wrong. And my point was, it's, I, it's, it's my choice who I'm going to be with. Now, I don't have to surround you with them. And you don't have to come around. I'm not going to force that. But if I want to be with this person, that's my business. I'm an adult, and I'm going to make that choice. So again... I don't really think that the kids really have, uh, they can certainly say, you know, mom, I really don't want to be around them. That they can do. But if you choose, your, this is your guy. Bless, you know, go do your thing. I don't like him for you for whatever these reasons are. I don't think that this person does this, this person does that, this person brings out the best. I watch you with this person. I see that you're not yourself. I, I get all that. You can do that. But then you have to let it go. You, you, you have to let them do their own thing. And if they're going to be in this relationship, it's their choice to be in that relationship. It's not your decision. What have you done in the past? You know, 
we say things without thinking. You know, you open mouth before putting brain in gear. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> sometimes you can really uh, damage the relationship with the person you love so much. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I can't fake my feelings for people. Mm-hmm. And so I'm best stay away. Yeah. And honestly, that might send a clear message to mom. Like, you know, we we have put up with him for years and things haven't gotten better. We don't enjoy being around him. We don't, you know, any kids we have, we can't even trust our kids to stay with you because of him, mom. Like you might have to set those boundaries and maybe that will be a clear message that if I want healthy relationships with my kids, I might have to reevaluate my relationship with this guy. And that is one thing that's really sad is I think a lot of parents do make the decision to stay in a relationship that maybe brings them some joy, but is hurting the relationship with their kids. And I think you see that a lot. And I think everything you just said follows in the rules of engagement. And I think those are all fair rules. Yeah, stop entertaining it. Don't, if he is this bad and you don't like being around him, don't, don't go over there. Don't put yourself there. Don't, don't do it. And maybe your mom will start to get it. I mean, that's, that's kind of the only thing. They've been engaged for 13 years now. That's, that's kind of crazy. I mean, he's not going anywhere. I don't think so. Mm -mm. We got time for one more. That's all I got. And we're going to be out of camera battery. So yeah, thanks cameras, so I can see you blinking over there. And as we were, as we, as we are doing a lot of traveling, this, these are going to be tough for the next four weeks. So we're going to get them, but. Uh, this was enjoyable. Yeah, you did so good. I was kind of dealing with a little bit of anxiety, but it was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> well, grandma. Why, we, Why we, were you anxious? Well, I thought, you know, am I going to be saying something I shouldn't be saying or am I getting questions that I don't Grandma, you really perfect. want to answer? You were beautiful. You what do really you, were beautiful. What do you think? What, have you ever gotten advice in your life and you're like, that is the worst advice I've ever gotten? Can you think of a time where someone just gave you terrible advice? There's been situations when I when I think back at it and I'm thinking, holy moly, where were, what planet are they coming from? That's <laughs> <laughs> all. Do you have an example? No, not not off the top of my head, but... Um, or like what the situation was about? I don't even want to go there, Margaret. <laughs> but I will, I, I will share That's this. Some tea. Gonna, I am going to share a lot about, about Grandma Margaret. First of all, Grandma Margaret, uh, certainly, um, I was actually having a couple of thoughts, but I'm going to go over this one. You got to know that Grandma Margaret comes from a part where she's got the most romantic story in the world because she has been married a few times uh, to Morgan's uh, mother and her uncle, her aunt and her uncle, where they had three kids. And that Wait, marriage, what? How do you say that? I, you've lost me. You, you were you, married to you, Dennis you, first. You, you were married is, to Dennis. You had three children. But before yeah. Dennis, she actually met a guy that she fell in love with, and he went off to the war and got on a submarine and uh, somehow he came back after that submarine and went for her, but she was already married and to the wrong guy, apparently. Yeah. And But hey, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't so. be here. That's right. 
And then she got married again, still never hearing from this guy. And then all of a sudden, somehow Facebook oh, showed up. Yeah. Do you know who, who connected him? Well, we're going to meet her on the next show. Yeah. That she's little a, lady over there. She's my on mom. the next episode. So, you know, when you meet, you know, Danette, Morgan's mom, you're going to, you know, see a lot of Morgan and where she gets a lot of hers. You, you've got a sample of grandma and her sweetness and, and how wonderful she is. And let me tell you that I, I, I wait for her ginger snap cookies. <laughs> yeah. The sweetest until she leaves a wedding without saying goodbye to you. And then you cry the whole way home. Morgan cried the whole way home last night. <laughs> anyway. You didn't say goodbye to me. You can't Irish goodbye me. Anyway. So, uh, the story really is, is that Danette found this guy online, her original high school sweetheart, reconnected them somehow. And Margaret, you are married to who today? My Who's, high school sweetheart. You're that dolphin, <laughs> the guy who went on that who submarine. Went on that, yep. Yeah. And so she's she's back with her, her original love. She's happy and is living her life happily ever after. Oh, well, I'll, if you're watching this video on YouTube, I'll insert a picture of the two of them from... My little cousin's wedding we went to yesterday, and he, you know, he's he still put a big smooch on you. <laughs> the heat's there. Yeah, and I also threw a, a few uh, wines down her gullet. It's always fun to get her that way. <laughs> it was a good time. So thanks for joining us on this episode. We do have another episode next week that you really don't want to miss. We're going to have Danette, Morgan's mom, on the show, and it's yeah. going to be special. And I think, and I think Justin's going to be the co-host. Yes. And so. Um, we're all looking forward to that one. So don't miss it. And we, again, we're glad you allow us into your life. So have a great uh, week and let us know how you're doing. Bye. Bye-bye. Say, go say goodbye, Grandma. Goodbye. In your mic, Grandma. You got it in your mic. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> Would you come back on again? Sure. Ah, okay. wonderful. Woo. Good news. Bye, everybody.